Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Autocrat Primer, the life of a conspiracy theorist. And tonight's topic, yes, tonight's topic is going to be a, a different one, but it's going to be one in which I think there is a cover-up that is taking place at all our national parks, and that is a Bigfoot. Before you go away, please check me out on YouTube. I do a lot of toy reviews and other topics on Autocrat Primer on YouTube. I also have a website, which is called Bitter Tea Media. I do a comic strip, and I put it up weekly. And I am working on a book right now that deals with Bigfoot itself. Now, I am a scholar and a teacher of the ancient text. I do. Um, I also am a minister. And so I have had the privilege of getting to see the Dead Sea Scrolls. I've gotten to work on many uh, projects in my time. And I've also got to see many of the Mesopotamian texts and other ancient texts. And dealing with the ancient alien theory. But we're not doing ancient aliens tonight, even though I have done my research to see that the people have a connection to UFOs and Bigfoot. But you know what? Let's get this foot a-going. Let's walk down this path. Let's put those shoes on because these shoes are made for walking, and I'm here to walk along with you. So Bigfoot is commonly referred to as a Sasquatch in Canadian and America folklore. It is an ape-like creature that is prolific in a uh, habit of the forest and, and the national parks of North America. This creature is also eluded in all of the continents of the great place we call home, Earth. I find this interesting that there are many depictions out there. And I will share one with you and I did not realize that this was a thing until I started doing research in this dealing with a dog man when I was a kid where we lived I dealt with the supernatural I dealt with ghosts and there was a dog that we were pretty much told to stay away from it was elusive dog the you know the traps had been set um it had been known to chase people one of my neighbors is their dog that was in their, um, in their fence. This creature came in and bit his nose off. So um, there were many, many things that that was revolving around this very weird dog that everybody was dealing with. And um, you know, your cats or your small dogs that were outside would turn up missing. I remember being outside with a friend. And we were playing, kind of like hide-and-go-seek. And I was up underneath the wagon. It was a little, you know, little wagon, had wooden sides that you could take off and put on. And I was hiding up underneath it, looking, and this creature comes bulking out of the forest. Well, first what happens, let me go back a little bit. What first happens is, is that a rabbit jumps into the back of our yard we had all kind of wildlife where i live and seeing a rabbit or a deer or even a fox or a possum it just was not out of the ordinary it was something that was commonplace but i could see that this this rabbit jumped out and was like looking around looking around looking around i was thinking okay he smells me or he sees me but no this creature jumps out of 
the woods. It was the biggest dog I have ever seen. A dog in which looked to have human-like hands. Captured the rabbit, ripped its head off, left it, sniffed the air, and then ran off. I was traumatized. I thought it was a werewolf. And I told my mom and my my stepdad and my neighbors that I saw a werewolf. That Because I saw the werewolf, does that mean that I'm a werewolf? I mean, I was really, really young at this time. I was around eight years old when this took place. I was confused by what I saw. And that was more so, I was more confused by this than I was the entities that were inside the house. Eventually, eventually the sightings of this creature grew less and less. Um, Yes, the neighbors ended up, a lot of them ended up getting guns. Uh, Even people that uh, didn't ever have a gun ended up getting guns. And I thought it was odd that so many adults were actually alarmed by this thing, something in which they still don't address today. Um, and so with this, you know, I was, I was terrified. I was in, I guess in shock in some ways, but it was, I still remember it the day. It's like, it's so crisp. The, the, the hair that was all over it, the shoulders were so big. The middle section was small. Uh, it was on all fours but it was able to not just be on all fours it could stand up on its own uh with two legs and it was fast extremely extremely fast and it ran back out into the woods and i never ever saw it again uh i had always been uh, going in my adulthood trying to figure out what this was and it led me down the path of looking into uh ancient text and looking in our Legends of skinwalkers or shapeshifters, and in doing so, uh, kind of paved the way of what my life was going to be based off of, which was dealing with this supernatural, this real cryptic creature that led me down to see that Sasquatch and it may be even related. Now, Sasquatch, like I told you, is something that's called Bigfoot. And a lot of people don't really address Bigfoot or want to deal with Bigfoot um, because they think that it's a fake creature. I don't I don't think so anymore. I have actually been listening to eyewitness cases. Um, I've gone through maybe, maybe 200, maybe 250 different eyewitness cases. Um, and going through their accounts of what they're seeing from being the dog man to the Sasquatch itself, the two being together. And a lot of people say, well, wouldn't there be evidence? Wouldn't there be evidence that this creature has, if it's always existed, wouldn't there be evidence that this creature existed? And so with that, I have to say, yeah, give you an example. Out of the book of Second Samuel, it says in the 23rd chapter, uh, dealing with this this creature and it is it is emphasized in the King James let you know there is something to this in the 23rd chapter verse 20 it says and Benahad the son of Jethadah the son of the valiant man of Kabzael 
who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. He went down and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in the time of the snow. So it is telling us that he attacked lion-like men. Now, with this, I mean, you got to sit there and you'd be like, uh, it, it, what else does it mean? It also means sons, the lions of God. So you're actually seeing that this thing is being depicted that even someone in the Middle East in the King James Bible fought a creature to add a lion-like head. And they made sure you understood that, it, that this lion-like men were not lions. Because it says he knew the difference between the two because he went and killed a lion during the time of the snow, but he killed these two lion-like men, these hybrid creatures. And then, on top of this, you have you have the events that took place, which is known in the book of Genesis, where the sons of God, the Ben Ha'elohim, came down and copulated with the daughters of men, and they... Uh, created a new race, a race of giants, which were also known as the Nephilim. And when you're seeing that these things of the Nephilim have been created or come from this copulation of two species that were never supposed to mix, you got to ask the question, what kind of offspring would they have created if it's a giant? Now, the Bigfoot accounts that people talk about, and even the dog man, they talk about a creature that's over seven feet tall. Let that sink in. Some accounts have been going all the way up to 13, maybe 14 feet tall. Let that sink in for a second. You're looking at, literally, giants walking the earth. Now, a lot of people want to write that off. They don't want to really deal with that. They don't want to really address that. They want to think, oh, that's no big deal. But, you know, oh, they, they were having relationships with uh, with their own cousins, and they created these giants that are men of all men of renown. And that's not what it says in the Hebrew. The Hebrew clearly tells you that, that this was an outside DNA. Now, as I've been doing research, I saw that something that people cannot understand or address is the fact that how is it that when we get the DNA for these Bigfoot, for these creatures, why is it that it has a, the, the, the DNA shows that it has a female human, but that the father is something else entirely? Let that sink in for a second. That the mom of these creatures is a human. But the father of these creatures is an unknown, an outside of understanding within the scientific community. It's one of those things that they really don't want to talk about because it it bothers them when they address the fact that you have the DNA that goes and says, hey, you know, it's got a, a human mother. But we don't have a clue 
of what the father is. And they don't want to address this or talk about this or give it any clout because the reason why is that it would give some credence to the ancient text. Let's talk about these creatures, talked about how they were created and where they came from. And it, and it goes into the detail and it goes all the way back to Genesis. There's a book that I've also been reading lately, which is known as the Genesis 6 Conspiracy. Really good book. I'm in the 25th chapter. Typically, I can read through books. But this book has so much, so much information, so much information that I've only been able to get to the 25th chapter. And because I have been writing notes throughout this whole book, throughout the entire time I'm reading it, because I'm like, this cat sat there and not only did he do his homework but he made sure he made it very understanding for the common man and that that's actually hard to do in this day and age but you have this thing about esau god loved jacob but he hated esau and i always was like how can you hate a child as soon as it's born maybe it's because that child actually has the dna structure of the fallen not only does it have the DNA structure of the fallen, this is what it says, which I thought was rather interesting in the book of Genesis, chapter 25, verse 25. And the first came out red, all over like a hairy garment. And they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. His name was called Jacob. And Isaac was three scorn years old when she bore bear them so 60 years old wow the boys grew Esau was a cunning hunter a man of the field and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents so it's emphasizing that Esau was able to live off the land he was able to go into nature he was able to go into the forest he was able to live as a wild man that's essentially what it is saying to us is that he was living as a wild man. And that was something that just came second nature to him. So is there evidence in any other ancient text that these creatures existed? Well, I don't look any further but from the book of Gilgamesh. The book of the Epic of Gilgamesh, which you can pick you up a copy off of Amazon for really dirt cheap, like three, four bucks. Um, it has Enkidu, the coming of Enkidu. Let's read a little bit about Gil Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh went abroad in the world, but he met with none who could withstand his arms till he came to Europe. Now that means that no one was able to be as strong, be able to hold their their fighting equally matched with him because he was two-thirds God, one-third man. But the man of York muttered in their houses Gilgamesh sounds of Tosket of amusement. His arrogance has no bounds by day or night. No son is left with his father for Gilgamesh has taken them all which means he's killed them. He was a wild hunter. He killed them. And the gods heard the lament of the gods of heaven and cried to the Lord of Uruk, to Anu, the god of Uruk, 
The goddess made him strong as a savage bull. None can withstand his arms. No son is left with his father, for Gilgamesh takes them all. And is this the king, the shepherd of the people? Question mark. The lust leaves no virgin of her lover. Neither the warrior's daughter nor the wife of the nobles, which means he went and got to do whatever he wanted with everyone. But then you have the goddess conceives an image in her mind. And it was a staff of Anu, of the firmament, the dripping of her hands in the water and pinched out clay. She let it fall in the wilderness, and a noble Enkidu was created. It's interesting. It's actually redepicting where it sits there and talks about that the sons of God, the sons of Ben Elohim, mixed with clay, which God created man out of the red clay. So it's showing that she does the same thing, which is dealing with the creation, the mixing of the two seeds. Enkidu was created, and there was virtue in him of the god of war, of Enyurata himself. His body was rough. He had long hair like a woman's. It waved like the hair of Nesheba. And the goddess of corn. His body was covered with mental uh, matted hair, like Samuquan, the god of cattle. So you're seeing right here, even in the book of Gilgamesh, it is telling us that a hairy man, a wild man of nature, was created. So as we're getting into this topic, you've seen where I share with you Gilgamesh and the fact that even those texts, it shows that there's a hairy man that exists. It's really amazing if you think about it. If you actually just sit and look at the oral traditions and of the First Nation people that have lived here for thousands of years before... Um, Either the white man or even the black man came and lived here in this land. They talked about the hairy man. Now, some considered it, you know, their their brother, their their nature brother. Or some considered it spiritual, but others also considered it alarming and evil and mean. And they warned against it uh, to even engage with it. So as I was doing research, I was also looking into the Missing 411. And I'm doing all this research for a book that I am now working on, which is dealing with Sasquatch. And as I was looking into the, the, the topic of Sasquatch, looking into what it is that we are dealing with, are we dealing with an actual flesh and blood creature? Is it more supernatural do people only see it because of you know they've been doing too many acid peyote or mind altering drugs or is this there's something to this creature so as i've been listening to uh first-hand accounts of people that have actually come in contact with this creature started to recognize that wait a second this creature's been known and been around thousands 
of years. And then I started looking at the kings that were giants, going back and looking at the giants that were kings in the Bible, and recognizing that they had six fingers, double rows of teeth, they were seven plus feet tall, some were even known to be 14 or 15 foot tall. The wild mountain mountain man creature, which is very aggressive, very mean, is known to be over 13 to 18 feet tall. And that when it goes after a human, it takes their head off, uh, leaves their body. Uh, there is belief that that creature has a double row of set of teeth in its mouth. And then I'm taking a look at why God, Yahweh, doesn't like Esau but loves Jacob and it's because he's covered in red fur from the top of his head to the ankles of his feet you start to see this pattern that the creator is against anything that is close to or genetically close to a Sasquatch and then you start seeing in the culture and in the world that all of a sudden the things that we are terrified of that there is a reason why we're terrified of it we're terrified of it because first of all to us it's the unknown we don't have a clue of what it is we don't have a clue of who it is not only do we not have a clue but it's when you deal with nature that you're sitting there going, can I control it? And the answer of it is no, you can't control it. It's an uncontrollable force and that only the gods are able to even have it being entertained. And it's at our expense that it's being entertained and that it is truly not friends with mankind at all and that my friends should be extremely alarming to every one of you because if these things have existed for thousands of years then that's why you have a cover-up by our government because these things are intelligent They get to hunt us. We are its cattle. It gets to hunt us. It is the reason why at national parks you have the most disappearance of people and places that are have the devil as its name in there. That is clearly a warning. But to people that don't believe in these things, they will not heed the warning that is given. And they will go in these places willy-nilly and it's the reason why there's books that are out there now called The Missing 411 my younger brother turned up missing in a national park thank God he was found um, but I you know I, I, for me it's the fact of sheer prayer that he was found yeah we were taught how to live off the land we were taught that, you know, um, if you had to, you could eat bugs, how to make a fire, how to find shelter, how to make a shelter. 
knowing that if the only thing you can find is uh, a river, follow that river because rivers will always lead you to civilizations. There were several things that we were taught as kids by our stepdad, who was a Marine, and our grandfather, who loved nature and was a, uh, he had a logging company. And so we were taught this. And it was just more of be you pay attention to your surroundings. So as I was looking into four one went missing, <clears throat> listening to people's firsthand accounts, reading people's firsthand accounts, recognizing that this creature has existed all this time. And the reason why there's a cover up. It's because these creatures may look to be living in the wild. They may be living in caves. But I think it's because of their parents. Is the reason why there's a cover-up. I believe that the fallen race, the fallen angels, are still here on the earth. I believe they've been here, and I don't believe they're going anywhere. I don't believe they have. I don't believe they can. And I I see that you have UFOs, which I believe are the chariots of the gods. And when they get their children are getting to a certain size or a certain age or getting too big, they're taken to Antarctica. I know this may sound crazy and off-kelter. But when you look at even in the ancient text, Gilgamesh goes to Antarctica because he knows that's where he needs to go find the, the, the elixir of the gods. You even have in the biblical narrative, Enoch goes to Antarctica, the place in which the gods dwell. So if the gods are still here, and let's just say they're still here and they're in Antarctica, and the Nephilim, their children, are the Sasquatch, the Yeti, the Bigfoot. And they have their hands in every world event. You don't think that the ones such as the Nazis were in talks with them, and the Nazis was brought over here in Operation Paperclip. And I may be losing my audience right here because you may think that Otto has gone off the deep end. But no, I want you to understand that if these things are actually true, you don't have to take my word for it. You can actually do the research yourself. You can look into this. And let me tell you, the rabbit hole you will go down will be the biggest conspiracy theorist, the biggest conspiracy in the world. Because it's all connected to the Sasquatch. It's not only connected to the Sasquatch, but it's, it's because it is their children that we are dealing with. And let me tell you, mama bears out there, would you not protect your cubs from anyone? I know my sister would. My sister would cut me in half if she thought that she had to choose between me or her children. Her children come first. And I don't blame her. Mama bears always will protect their young. 
So let's say that you have, and even even fathers, if you're is your child is starving and you see another child starving, but that other child has food, but your child is starving, but that other child's got food, don't tell me you won't go rob that food from that child and give it to your own. For some reason, it is structured in our DNA in our minds to protect our offspring, and to protect our offspring. Well, that means. They're the most important things to us. And if that's the case, then that's why you have a cover-up, my friends, in the Sasquatch community. It's because the governments are in league with the fallen. That's how we have our technology. That's the reason why so many cultures talk about a web that will engulf around the world and that worldwide web, the dark web. We will be in the web of our own making because the fallen will always control us. And let me just be honest. These are the sons of God. Not the one true God, but the little G-gods. Let me tell you, they don't care about us. They only care about their own. So as you dig into this conspiracy of the Sasquatch, you're digging into this topic. Be reminded. Be reminded. Tread carefully. Because if you make Mama Bear aware that you recognize who her cubs are, that might be all she wrote. As always, please pay attention to your surroundings because you never know what lies around the corner. And God bless.